The word somatic comes from the Greek word soma, which means body. And so somatic means of the body or relating to the body. And so when we talk about that in the context of healing work, what we're saying is that the body has a place in healing modalities. In my work that I do with clients, the somatic part of that is really bringing the body into our conversation so that it's included because the underlying understanding is that our bodies contain intelligence and wisdom and they hold a lot of information that is outside of our awareness and can be unconscious until we tune into it and create space for it to speak, essentially. Hey everyone, and welcome to Lighter Impact, the podcast that explores the intersection of social impact, somatics, and spirituality. Whether you're an entrepreneur, activist, or simply someone looking to make a difference, This podcast will provide you with insights and tools needed to make an impact in the world and feel lighter doing it. So sit back, relax, and let's see where this journey takes us. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Lighter Impact. Today, my guest is Caitlin Clark, a somatic coach for highly sensitive, ambitious women who are struggling with stress and burnout and want to get to the root of what's holding them back, find deep peace within, and create soul-satisfying lives. Caitlin is a professional integrative coach, a certified Hakomi practitioner, and in her past life, she was the brand director for a global startup and built a 15-year career in creative marketing in San Francisco. Welcome, Caitlin. Hi, Bison. Thank you so much for having me. So to kick things off, I'd like to start with the question I ask all guests, which is how has your understanding of making an impact in the world changed over time? I think when I was little, I thought a lot about making an impact, but in a very specific way. Um, For me, it was all about making a creative impact on the world. And now, you know, in the adult world of the way that we use the word impact, I think there's there's a seriousness to it and there's a heavy, there can be a heaviness to it sometimes. And um, even the other definition of impact, right, of like something hitting something else <laughs> can kind of like add a lot of, um, gravity to the idea of impact. But I think for me, when I was little, you know, everything was about creativity for me. And I knew that I wanted to make an impact on the world. And whether that was going to be an opera singer, or a painter, or a movie star, you know, <laughs> I I didn't know, but I was just really excited about all of the possibilities um, and the possibilities of connecting with people in the world in that way. And I think over time, you know, as you grow up and as I entered the corporate world, 
the idea of changing people's lives for the better was always really important to me but i it took me a long time to get to the root of how i wanted to show up and do that beyond creativity which has which still comes into my work as a somatic coach um and healer in a in a massive way because the way that i work with people is very experiential and very present moment based and we do lots of fun explorations and experiments and we use the imaginal world a lot but i think it's shifted for me over time in that i realized that i didn't have to go and feed a nation or um you know get rid like end end poverty or you know these these huge really important goals that so many of us have or wish that we could you know enact or enable for me as i as i've developed my definition of impact it's really been a lot more about the subtle the subtle ways that we can impact each other even you know the the small the smallest things you know sort of like the idea of the butterfly effect and the smallest things can make a a big impact and not to take away from that social impact world of dedicating your life or your work to really making a difference like on a ground level you know for people in their lives but um for me it's really been about sort of starting to understand and respect subtle impact as much as massive impact and so i think as i've gotten older i've become less interested in the sort of flashiness of of impact and more interested in the subtle subtle gentle nuances of um how to create that in my own world and then how to help others create that in their worlds too it's so powerful that that subtle impact which i think is very much related to the work that you do in the soma and the body which is such subtle gentle work that is each of those steps leading to something larger curious caitlin if i can just dig a little bit deeper on your own experience that led you to work with highly sensitive ambitious women who are struggling with stress and burnout and want to get to the root of what's holding them back and find that deep peace within i'm guessing that that's because it was part of your own journey hear so <laughs> a bit more about how you arrived yeah you guessed correctly i think in terms of my own path yeah i you know i built a career from from nothing really um when i first started in the workforce i started as a receptionist at a law firm and i uh, did a lot of different things and i took on a lot of different roles and the whole time i was really pushing myself to achieve more and be more and do more and do more that was in alignment with who um i wanted to be and i think um there was definitely a point after i had built a career in the area that i really wanted to in um creative marketing in the tech world where um i yeah i just hit burnout 
And I was in burnout and continued to work for three years while I was trying to figure that um, next step next step out. And I think also at the same time, you know, as I had this ambitious side and this drive to succeed and to make a name for myself or to make a mark in whatever way that I I wanted to or could. There's also a part of me that was always focused on healing, basically since I realized that it was an option for me at age 18. And I, you know, explored all the different modalities, yoga and massage and different kinds of body work and Reiki and um, therapy and coaching and all of those sorts of things. But it never dawned on me that I could do that for others until I reached a certain point where I felt like I was really ready to give back. It's really interesting that you started off in the world of creativity, in the world of dance, and then you went into the corporate world, worked yourself up, overfilled with the doing, and then in some ways had to relearn the being and come back to where you started. Does that like reflect? Yeah. Okay, that's really cool because I, I mean, on my own journey, I just started in the doing. I don't remember any childhood like desire for expression or creativity. I mean, maybe it was there. I just, I, do, I don't remember. It was always about the doing for me. So mm. really beautiful that, you know, you started there, thought you needed the doing, overfilled, and then came back to the being. <laughs> yeah, it, it, thank you. First of all, I feel very seen. Um, <laughs> so thank you for that. But also, I think so much of it is is the combination, right? Doing in a way that is aligned with being. And I think about this a, a lot, how much emphasis the Western world puts on doing, on achieving, on performance, on this very narrow definition of success and really leaves behind the person and the per the the wholeness of being a person and um and just being like the human beingness of being <laughs> and i think it's so much about for me it's been a long journey of identifying how to show up for my life in a way that isn't reactive, but is, um, and sort of uh, outwardly imposed action that I'm then taking in re in reaction to, to, oh my gosh, I have to do this or that, or there's this deadline, or, oh God, these people need this from me, or I think that they do, and so I'm gonna do it in advance. You know, there's, there's a lot that there to unpack, but more just, starting with you and starting with what's within and just this sort of radical notion that you can do whatever you want <laughs> and it's and, so radical it's like oh you're a human you're here you get to do what you want because you're in a human body yeah right yeah and just just the even just take it because there's also the layers of um, privilege and financial privilege, right? And the, and just even taking that out, even just within your life of having your day job or having 
your kids or having these responsibilities, even within the structure that you're just in right now, allowing yourself to be with the idea that in this moment, I have choice. And in this moment, I can choose to react and I can choose to respond, you know, or I can choose to respond in to myself and that myself is as equally as important as all of this external stuff. I just want to take it one step further to this, to the way you work with women to reach the deep peace within and create these soul satisfying lives. Mm. That seems like the lottery (laughs) to do that is winning the lottery. What does it take? That is a powerful question. I think there are a lot of paths to the same mountaintop. So I don't want to get too bogged down in the X, Y, Z of here's, here's, you know, I don't, I struggle with um, people or marketing or selling that's like this is all you need to do and all of a sudden you'll just I mean it's all it's what we crave right we we all want a simple you know three-step solution well I'll just speak for myself um I think there's the personal of what it takes and then I think there's the interpersonal of what it takes And then I also think there's an additional layer of the communal of what it takes because healing happens in community as much as it happens on an individual level, as much as it happens on a, on a relational level. So I think on the individual level, what has worked for me um, and what I help clients do is just really tune into their inner world, their inner landscape, and create a space for themselves in which they begin to become aware in a very deep and very gentle way of of their operating system, how they show up, what beliefs and structures have they built inside themselves that create their external world. And again, I don't want to get into the manifesting and the like, you know, you have some messed up beliefs and that's why you're miserable at your job. Um, I don't want to get into the blame game of that because there's there's so many layers. But just on the interpersonal part, so much of the work that I do with people is really helping them come back to themselves in a way that maybe they haven't experienced it. And uh, since they were children, sort of tuning into that core essence of who they are and seeing what's maybe gotten in the way, what's been blocking them, what what things that they learn um, or what beliefs have they uh, developed that are that are affecting how they show up in the world and um, in their relationships, at their job, et cetera, in their community. And then I think, what it takes on a on an interpersonal level is you know there's there's so much that we can do on our own there's healing that we can do on our own and then there's healing that we can do in relationship and i've heard that said about 
romantic relationships, but I've never heard it said about a healing relationship, like a therapist or a coach or a, you know, a hypnotist or whomever. And I really think that there's such incredible value in and healing in that um, dyadic relationship of this person can mirror me, this person can hold space for me and, and, you know, can actually contain the relationship in a way that feels really nurturing and healing. And for me, that has been a life changer uh, uh, combined with the somatic work that I've done myself, just having someone who can really hold that space um, and, and be a guide in when things get confusing or scary or tough, you know, and, and there are so many feelings that are so hard to sit with on our own that, you know, that, having someone there that you connect with and can kind of hold your hand, you know, metaphorically or even sometimes literally to help you, you know, work through all of that, I think is worth its weight in gold. Um, and then I think it also, and it, it takes a community to, to heal and to, to have support that isn't just a healer or isn't just a partner even like a romantic partner or a you know a best friend or something like that those relationships are definitely important and beginning to build a a community and a you know a group a network a, a support system underneath yourself that can help you ground so that you're not dependent on just one person to heal you're not depending just on yourself to be the be all and end all, you know? So if, to me, it's a combination of those three things. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. That makes a lot of sense. I love the, the three levels of it. And I just want to emphasize that finding deep peace within, I think that's what people have been trying to do for the longest time. And the greatest sages in all corners of the world are striving for this deep peace within. So on one hand, it's like, yes, we deserve it. And even just naming that we want that inner peace is so powerful. And then not thinking that we need to do it alone or we need to get it in like the top three tips and like really realizing that it's a deep part of this human experience. Absolutely. And, you know, peace, finding inner peace is also not, it's so easy to turn it into another thing to achieve and another milestone. It's like, it's like uh, in the spiritual community when you're attempting to reach enlightenment, right? And then, and then, you know, the saying is like, okay, you reach enlightenment and then chop wood, carry water, <laughs> right? Like, it's like chop wood, carry water, chop wood, carry water, reach enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. <laughs> like, uh, like can those... you just explain that for, for, for our listeners? Because um, it's a really powerful concept. And I think it's like deep in the, uh, in the tradition. Yeah. I, well, you know, I'm no expert, right? But, but the way that that's always been really powerful for me is, has just been that, the mundane and and the consistency and showing up day after day and doing the work is the work and it's and and when things happen and you know magical 
if, you know, when things are exciting or um, reach sort of an apex or um, come to fruition in some way, that is all beautiful and amazing and wonderful. And we love that. And, um, and that's not the story and it's not the, it's not the real, it's not the full picture. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, and I'm sure a, a lot of people who are listening can even relate to this. It's like when you hit that pinnacle, maybe you get a promotion or you achieve that thing that you really have been working for for years or decades or, you know, and, and then it's like, oh, and then it happens. And then the next day, like chop wood, carry water. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And and the other thing I wanted to say about inner peace is not not only is it not really fair to treat it like an ultimate destination, but part of that is also just that it's not so much a consistent state of being as it is a practice. And and yes, absolutely, as you begin to regulate your nervous system more and you spend more time in your parasympathetic you know, your relaxed state of being and less in sympathetic or like heightened arousal, like stressed out, super go, go, go mode. Um, or you're able to find a balance between those two things. Peace comes more easily. But I think one of the things that I love about the work that I do with women is helping them realize that um, when they create space, for things, things come to them. And it's not always about the striving or the going after the forward movement. It's, it's, oh, oh, I can, I can sit here and I can rest and things will still continue to grow in my life. And I will still be able to achieve what I want to achieve and I don't have to be miserable doing it. Yeah, I think of this inner peace as like a being quality and kind of back to where, you know, the doing versus the being, we need both. Um, we're so conditioned in the doing. And the doing is is in some ways like future tense, whereas the being is, is the presence. <laughs> so in my own life, I've been practicing like in this moment, I have everything I need to be completely happy. I have everything I need for inner peace. I have everything I need to be who I want to be. So when I remember, which it is a constant remembering, right? Coming back and then sinking in, in that moment, as opposed to thinking I need to get there. Mm, I love that. Yeah, yeah. sinking versus thinking. <laughs> there we go. Thinking, thinking. I do want to go deeper into this concept of somatics. So you've been dedicated to training in somatics for the past four years. Um, you're a certified Hakomi practitioner. Can you start off by just explaining what is somatics for our listeners who may not be familiar with the term? So the word somatic comes from the Greek word soma, which means body. And so somatic means of the body or relating to the body. And so when we talk about that in the context of healing work, what 
we're saying is that the body has a place in healing modalities and conversations, um, even beyond things that are obviously body-based like massage. Um, so in my work that I do with clients, the somatic part of that is really bringing the body into our conversation so that it's included because the underlying understanding is that our bodies contain intelligence and wisdom and they hold a lot of information that is outside of our awareness and can be unconscious until we tune into it and create space for it to speak essentially. Yeah, one of the ways that I like to think of it is the being is related to the soma and the body and the doing is related to the brain and the thinking. Absolutely. So, again, like arriving, sinking in, being with the body and tapping into that wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I've found, you know, in my own background, I tend tended to be very cerebral, very in my head all of the time, always thinking, thinking about thinking, um, trying to figure things out, asking why. And all of those are great qualities and skills to have to a degree. And there was always something missing for me in the like in the healing work that I was doing it, because I felt often like I was going around in circles because I didn't need help with intellectual or cognitive awareness. That was a strength for me. <laughs> um, what was missing for me was a more holistic or whole body approach to understanding what was going on because I could, I could, convince myself that I didn't have feelings about anything, but at the same time have huge feelings about things and just not know how to unpack them or not know how to look at them or even comfort myself in a way that um, was ultimately supportive. And so the somatic work that I you know, do with clients now is really doing a lot of unpacking, but also kind of holding things up to the light and just examining them from a, you know, it like, oh, I'm noticing you're touching your heart right now. You're touching your chest. Like as you're talking about this thing that seems really emotionally evocative, is that something we can explore? It's a really common way that somatics would come up in a in a coaching conversation. So this might be a the perfect time to switch gears a bit into doing a short demo because I mean, especially we can talk about somatics all we want, but experiencing it is the body, the being. Um, so for everyone who's listening, Caitlin and I will be doing a short demo um, where I'll be the client and Caitlin will be the practitioner. And I just encourage you as you're listening along to notice what's happening in your own body because that's at the core of all of the somatic work awesome so yeah yeah so bsan i'm wondering if it might be interesting to explore even just 
right now being a podcast host. Yeah, that sounds great. Just drop into my body while hosting a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) This has never been done in the history of the world and we're doing it now. Okay, great. Yeah. So, and I'm going to just, because so much of somatic work is about tracking your, what I'm seeing in your, how your expressions, I might be naming your expressions a little bit so that people who are listening will know what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Yeah, so let's start with just, and I see you doing it already, sort of closing your eyes and yeah, grounding maybe a little bit here. Allowing yourself to tune into your inner world a little bit. Yeah, do some facial expressions here. They're concentrating. As you tune inward, just Notice what arrives here in this space with us. It could be, yeah, there's a hint of a smile. could be, yeah, tell me what's going on. Yeah, so I'm noticing the anticipation Mm -hmm. of what is going to happen. And I'm just trying to release that. Yeah. So even just let's allow, let's welcome this anticipation in Mm. straight here, not having to change anything. Yeah. Mm. Things shift. Yeah. Yeah. What do you notice? I just feel like so much calmer. Mm. Like energetically, it feels like everything is just coming to the center in this like calm calmness yeah and i noticed you did this really beautiful hand gesture too where you're bringing your hands together almost in prayer and then moving them down the center of your body Mm -hmm. yeah so let's just welcome this motion too and just and see if it's something that might feel good to be with or explore we could do that again but a lot slower just check out what's wanting to happen here. Yeah, I think the anticipation is coming. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And anticipation is a really big word. So I'm curious if there's what's under the anticipation. Is it nervous or excited or? I think it's this wanting to get it right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is a very strong theme in my life. Yeah. Yeah. So let's welcome this wanting to get it right. So familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it okay to just hang out with that sort of longing for a minute here? Let's make some room for it. 
And I'm noticing that I'm very quick to like name it and then think it's gone. And when you tell me to like stay with it, there is a relief. Mm. Yeah, so really feel that relief. Let's just take our time just with this little part right here. Yeah, and exhale. Mm. Seeing if it, that relief can take up as many places in your body as feels good, almost like it's taking up every single cell. Yeah, softening the shoulders here. Seems like some landing, maybe. Yeah, I feel like my hands, when I cross over on my shoulders, I just hold myself. Yeah, so go ahead and do that. Yeah. And yeah, there's just like some tenderness here, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so even as you feel your fingers on your and your hands on your shoulders, see what it's like to feel the pressure against your upper arms. And then maybe the sensation of your shirt, the texture of the cloth. Really taking your time here. Hmm. Let's see what you notice. Yeah, I feel like my hands just moved back down to be placed on my thigh. It's almost like, okay, that was a beautiful hug. And mm. it felt complete. Mm, yeah. And what shifted? It was like a... Yeah, it, it was like a, a calm feeling coming over me and like a dissolving of tension. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what do you notice in your body now versus when you when we first started? Mm -hmm. Yeah, my shoulders feel very relaxed. Mm -hmm. I feel very very relaxed, and I'm noticing that I'm rocking forward and backwards, which is, um, yeah. I'm not sure what to make out of it, but I'm noticing. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of an impulse to move, maybe move some of that. Anticipate, anticipatory energy through. Yeah. Yeah. And just before we close, where is that anticipation now? Feels like it's released. It's um, kind of this, the anticipation was coming at the expense of feeling free. And I think like right now I feel much more free. Mm patient is I don't know my, my fingers for those who can't see are like flying away like that anticipation is kind of like taken off yeah <laughs> from yeah you're, you're spreading your wings right yeah so even just as we close just let yourself feel the as you your arms are outstretched and your hands are shaking just yeah letting go of all of 
all of that and just coming into now. Yeah, it's so beautiful. I'm always surprised by how good I feel after even just a little bit of somatic work. So thank mm -hmm. you. Thank you. Thanks for doing a demo with me. My pleasure. So are there any tips or advice you'd offer to people listening for how they can connect with their soma, be in this, like sink into this being on their own, even if they're not working with a practitioner? Like, what does it feel like to actually really connect with the body? What are some practices to incorporate into the day? Yeah. <clears throat> I think the first thing that is really just tried and true is connecting with your breath. The breath is so easily forgotten and it's also so much of what regulates our stress levels. And if you've ever noticed when you're stressed out, your breathing becomes more shallow or faster and then when you're relaxed, you take deep belly breaths. So bringing even just the simple shift of thinking about your breath, having that become a practice of, wow, I feel stressed out. I don't know why. What's my first go-to? Think about bringing your attention to your breath. And you don't even have to change anything. It's not even like you can and there are amazing breathwork techniques and we can do we can talk about box breathing or counting to four and then releasing for eight there you can do those too those are great but even the subtle shift of bringing your attention to how you're inhaling and exhaling will automatically begin to slow it down deepen it make it more expansive and you'll start to feel that in the rest of your body yeah and our bodies are so brilliant that just by bringing awareness to the breath things shift so like we don't actually have to do anything so that's yeah for anyone listening the power of your awareness especially as it comes to your body is a superpower that you're always carrying around so noticing being aware, holding different parts. I like to think about the body and stress release and somatic tools in terms of balancing a lot. So if you feel like your attention and your energy is really in your head, a lot of times what's another simple trick is just to bring your attention to your feet. And no matter where you are, if you're barefoot, if you're wearing socks, and shoes, if you're you know, in the office or on an airplane or at home, you can always just start to push your, the balls of the, your feet into the floor, into the earth if you're outside, even better. But you don't have to be anywhere in particular in order for this to work to feel, begin to feel more grounded pretty much immediately and bringing your awareness to your feet, to even your lower body. I've noticed that a lot of times when I'm stressed out, my attention is all in my upper body, like my torso and up. It's like, I don't even have legs. Yeah. 
And if I can share one of my favorites, um, or actually two, I think one thing that somatic work has given me permission to is to move. Like we were really conditioned to like sit in your chair and you're on Zoom calls all day. So you just need to be there looking at the camera. Um, and it's really given me permission to move. So rocking is something that I have allowed myself to do, I've given myself permission since doing the somatic work. And the other one, I'm not sure if this is somatic per se, so please correct me if I'm wrong, but humming or using my voice, allowing noise to come out of me however it wants to come out, if I'm angry, if I'm nervous, if I'm tired. Um, and again, because like, they're conditioned that that's weird. Why are you making these strange noises? Like you're not humming a song. So why would you allow that noise to come through? But I think like the, the more that we trust the wisdom of our body, the more that we realize how detrimental the social conditioning is and whether, you know, we've been taught from such a young age and that like our body wants to do so much more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Vocalizing is a great tool. And even just allowing yourself to try it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, how many of us were conditioned as little girls to sit still and stay quiet? Mm-hmm. Over and over and over again. I remember hearing that from different people, parents, teachers, whoever, right? Uh and the power of reclaiming that both in your body, in your voice is incredible. Yeah. Is there one somatic tool that you particularly love turning to or dropping into? My favorite tool and one that I teach my clients a lot is tuning into the back body. And so because we live so much of our lives actually physically especially for those of us who are ambitious or you know, looking to get a lot done in a very short amount of time, all of the time, we tend to lean forward and we tend to be in our front body a lot, both our frontal cortex and then also you know, with our arms moving forward, all parts of our body can really be oriented forward. And so what I like to do with clients is bring their attention to the back of the body, starting with their head, could be like the back of the head, their upper body, their shoulders and back of their neck and all of that, but almost just imagining that they're sitting back in the back of their body and operating from that place. And what happens is it opens up your perception so that you're able to see you're literally able to see more um to the sides of you and it's very calming um there's a lot of benefits to it but operating that from that place can totally change how you approach your life i love it thank you for sharing and even just now as i'm listening to you talk i'm shifting to my back body i'm seeing more and i'm feeling different which is, yeah, like 
the impact of this work, the experience of this work like, happens in that moment. You don't have to wait or practice or build up to anything. It's literally just arriving and experiencing it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, it's a deepening. Yeah. So as we start to wrap up, is there anything that you haven't had the chance to cover that you want to cover or any nuance from the conversation that we've had? Anything that you'd like to clarify? Mm. I wanted to share something from actually this morning I was doing a meditation. I opened up a meditation app and it had a quote of the day on it. And the quote was from Mahatma Gandhi. And it said, in a gentle way, you can shake the world. And it just felt so connected to what I knew we were going to talk about today. and. Um, and it, it's just so aligned with the way that I work with clients, the gentleness and, and at the same time, the power that can come when you are gentle with yourself and you allow yourself to be actually exactly where you are. Amazing things can happen and mountains can move from that place. Oh, thank you so much, Caitlin, for joining us today, for sharing all of your wisdom and these very subtle, gentle tools that can really change someone's life. So for anyone listening, if you haven't had the chance to dip into the world of somatics and to listen to your body, I want to strongly encourage you to check out Caitlin's work. Her website will be in the show notes and just see what's possible see what's in your inner world see what it's like to work with an inner world guide and just to deepen that experience so caitlin to wrap things up in this container of lighter impact i wanted to ask you about the legacy that you hope to leave behind so you know legacy is a little bit tricky for me because it it brings up a very masculine sort of idea for me. And I and mm -hmm. I think that's a problem with living in a patriarchal society. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also a really important question. So I'm really glad that you asked. And when I think of it outside of this idea of Abraham Lincoln and you know the presidents, um, what I think about doing, at least in this life, is helping as many women as possible reclaim their power and find a sense of belonging in themselves so that they can go out and change the world from a really resourced place instead of an empty cup. And when I think about power and helping women reclaim their power, I think about authentic power. So not power over or, um, you know, like not megalomaniac kind of power, but really just agency and sovereignty and the resilience and softness that can come from operating with an awareness with a deep awareness of oneself and one's needs 
and one's vision. And, um, you know, I think the other part of that is that for me, the purpose of healing is not just to heal yourself and then go on your merry way and gloat about it for the rest of your life. <laughs> the purpose of healing is so that you can change the systems that aren't working in the world and to heal not just yourself, but help others heal. And whether that's people or countries or political systems or the earth, to me, healing always has a purpose. And that's what's most important to me. And that's really my work in the world. Alrighty, friends, thank you for listening to another episode of Lighter Impact. If this resonated with you or you're curious about what it would look like to work with a social impact coach, please do reach out to me through my website, pauseimpact.org. Till next time, wishing you little moments of lightness and impact. Have a wonderful week.